1: Want your boss to put some real action behind the rhetoric when they talk about making your workplace more inclusive? Find out how to hold their feet to the fire and demand diversity on the Diversity Dude Podcast.
0: Hello there, and welcome back to the Diversity Dude Podcast. I'm your host, Lambert Fisher, marriage and family therapist, award-winning author and national speaker on the topic of multicultural awareness and diversity. And for those of you who are interested in even more positive and encouraging tips and strategies beyond what I share in podcasts like this, then feel free to check out my award winning book, Diversity and Clinical Practice, nationally recognized for the unique way in which it addresses the often difficult topic of multicultural awareness and diversity. It's designed for more than just therapists, if you are a helping professional in any way, diversity and clinical practice can help you meet the greatest variety of cultural needs possible for those whom you serve. And it's available in paper and audiobook versions for your convenience. And whether it be through my one on one relationship building efforts as a therapist or my informing and empowering efforts as an author and speaker, know that my personal mission is to do my part to improve the world one strengthened relationship at a time. So, today I want to share with you a few encouraging words about how Martin Luther King's dream was not colorblind. Let me explain. In the days leading up to the holiday, celebrating the life and achievements of Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. in January, and continuing into February, during which we honor and celebrate achievements throughout Black history, there's been a growing narrative in many circles that Dr. King promoted colorblindness and thus would have opposed not only affirmative action efforts, but also the totality of diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts as a whole. Now, on the surface, for many, this would seem to be an outrageous claim noting that Dr. King's significant civil rights efforts and involvement clearly demonstrate that he would support diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts intended to address injustices experienced by African-Americans and put an end to segregation, discrimination, police brutality, and more. Whether it be in his many church sermons or smaller community speeches or his most well-known nationally televised I Have a Dream speech, this message is clear and seems to contradict the claim that he was colorblind and would have opposed DEI efforts today. However, some have heard the same I have a dream speech and have come to a very different conclusion. Specifically, they highlight the line in the speech where he expresses, I have a dream that my four little children would one day live in a nation where they would not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. And it is here where the difference in interpretation rests. Because for some, this proves that Dr. King was promoting ignoring color as a significant factor and focused instead on building character. For those who interpret the speech this way, the many efforts and initiatives that seem to be geared specifically toward people of color would seem to be highlighting something that's irrelevant at best and unfair at worst. So then, what do we do with that dilemma? What can you do if you find yourself in a conversation with someone who has a contrasting view on this topic? Well... In order to help facilitate a healthier conversation between you and a loved one, or a friend or co- coworker, I'd like to share a few considerations to inform whatever it is you choose to do or say next. Consideration, consideration number one, Dr. King was not colorblind. While I respect varying interpretations on almost everything in life, I also acknowledge that some arguments have more support and credibility based on additional supporting factors. All that to say is if you look only at that one line in that one speech, I can see how someone could make that argument. After all, if we focus only on character and valued everyone on such in thought, word, and action, there would be a lot more positivity in the world. It sounds great, it has merits. However, even if the increased value on character aspect of the dream became a reality, Dr. King was not advocating for ignoring or dismissing the value of race ethnicity and related unique characteristics of various cultural backgrounds dr king never said let's pretend like we're all the same with no differences or uniquenesses between us instead he advocated repeatedly for us to be treated with the same level of respect value and opportunity no matter our similarities or or unique differences which leads to consideration number two you don't have to ignore color to avoid judging color Although I have briefly discussed this in a previous podcast, let me elaborate a little bit more here. One of the reasons people have a problem with hearing people promote colorblindness, no matter who's doing it, is that being colorblind risks ignoring, minimizing, or dismissing some of the cultural uniquenesses people value in themselves. Though sometimes including their skin color, it goes beyond that to include cultural traditions, ways of communicating, ways of relating, and much more. Thus, when people argue that they have to be colorblind in order to avoid judging people based on the color of their skin, believing that they're following the direction of Dr. King, my response is that this argument suggests that there are only two possibilities, either judge you based on your skin color or ignore your skin color altogether and all the cultural values you associate with it. However, there's another way. You don't have to ignore color to avoid judging color instead. You can learn to value one's racial or ethnic identity involving many things, often including skin color, as one of the many aspects of a person's identity that mean a lot to them individually, as well as in relation to their extended family and larger community as a whole, which leads then to the interesting consideration. Number three, arguing that Dr. King was against DEI efforts may be experienced as a manipulative effort to perpetuate further discrimination. How so? Well, in the ongoing social and political battle for or against DEI initiatives, there is a continuing evidence that diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts, when implemented healthily, benefit individuals, families, businesses, and communities at large. Even across varying cultural backgrounds or identities, everyone benefits. And yet change is often difficult, and many who oppose DEI efforts are finding making it difficult to identify legitimate arguments against these proven benefits. In light of this, some suggest this latest argument is an attempt to use one of their leaders against them. As if to convey that, well, if you don't stop these DEI efforts when an outsider tells you it's inconvenient, then maybe you'll listen if we convince you that one of your most prominent leaders would have been on our side and against that stuff as well. Based on what I've already discussed, there isn't much evidential merit to this argument once taken in the context of the abundance of Dr. King's additional messages and actions. However, if you find yourself identifying with the argument that colorblindness is best and that Dr. King was in support, I would encourage you to keep these concerns and cautions in mind so as to not only understand the cautions that might influence others' interpretation of your argument, but also that you would use this as an encouragement to focus your efforts on finding additional evidence to specifically address these cautions and concerns to not be seen as manipulative or have a different argument and if you find that there's insufficient evidence then whether you join a dei cause or not find a way to reassure others that you are not the threat that they may fear you to be in the end while a creative intellectual game to play as far as what dr king would or would not have supported the real significance is not in imagining or making actual decisions today based on what he might or might not have supported on the topic of affirmative action or other specific movements or initiatives of the day. Rather, it's about taking inspiration from Dr. King's iconic and timeless speech by intentionally looking for or looking into everything that we do ourselves and support in others and ask whether it's contributing to the peaceful, nonviolent world in which he dream. I'm not impressed by policies, I'm not impressed by statements, initiatives or movements themselves. However, though they're needed, I'm impressed by how they're implemented and the direct impact they have on others. Is it promoting hate or division or instead confident humility, respectful accountability and emotional reassurance of shared efforts to join together as a community, as a society? not to delete all awareness of differences in favor of peace by sameness, but to appreciate and value our many differences. Not judging people based on the color of their skin, but also not ignoring it either. Instead, learning to appreciate the unique variety of skin colors alongside of quality character, skills, abilities, unique creations and contributions to this world different and similar to among different cultures. My hope for you, is that you will find your own way of avoiding judgment in favor of appreciation of color character and many aspects of who a person sees themselves to be it would be great to see that part of dr king's speech become a reality along with many more over the years of time to come and with that i'll say thanks again for listening in to today's diversity new podcast if you have any pressing diversity related questions that you'd like me to address on an upcoming podcast or if your organization is in need of a shame-free and empowering guest speaker or training on this often sensitive topic then feel free to reach out to me directly at www.diversitymadesimple.com and if you know of anyone else who can benefit from a positive and encouraging perspective on this often difficult topic of diversity then feel free to send them a link to this podcast so they can be encouraged as well or share with them my award-winning book diversity and clinical practice available at amazon.com and as usual I look forward to addressing as many topics as possible in future podcasts to help you improve as many relationships as possible at work, at home, and in your community. And as always, remember this, you don't need to know everything about everyone in order to have a positive impact on someone. Thank you all for tuning in and have a great day.
1: Tune in each week and find out how to demand and implement diversity at your job. To hear more, check out previous Diversity Dude shows on ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com.
2: Are you up to date on your COVID-19 vaccination? It's not a one and done situation. You and your family may have gotten the original COVID-19 vaccine, but the virus keeps evolving. Getting the updated COVID-19 vaccine will protect you from newer variants that are circulating in our community. Talk to your healthcare provider to be sure you've received the updated vaccine. The new vaccines are approved for all and everyone six months of age and older, even for people who are immunocompromised or are pregnant or breastfeeding. To find out where you and your family can get your updated vaccine, go to vaccines.gov. That's vaccines.gov. Just type in your zip code and you'll find a convenient nearby option. Protect yourself and others this winter.
1: We're expanding our gigabits so you can enjoy the tiny bits that matter most.
3: You know, Shaletta makes you laugh, but did you know Shaletta Brundage can also make you think and boost your business media personality, activist and comedian Shaletta Brundage founded Shaletta makes me laugh to celebrate and share the best of black culture. It's a podcasting platform. You can download 10 weekly podcasts hosted by African-American subject experts at laugh.com or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. laugh.com is also a production house creating broadcast quality commercial content. And Shaletta and her team of storytellers create powerful promotional campaigns to get businesses the brand awareness they're looking for. Some of Minnesota's top businesses trust Shaletta, and you can too. Get out the word about your events and products and get in front of communities of color with ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com. She's got the power to help your business. Are you a woman known as a good listener? Do you have skills in de-escalating situations? Are you what they call a people person? then the Minneapolis Police Department would like to meet you. Now in a rebuilding phase, the Minneapolis Police Department is recruiting more women to wear the badge. The department offers career options for women with a high school diploma or GED. There are also opportunities for women with two- and four-year degrees who are ready to apply their skills in new ways. Police work makes a great second career for social workers, teachers, nurses. Women in their 30s and 40s are welcome to apply. There's no age cap. You'll be paid while you train and mentored by veteran women officers invested in your success. Minneapolis also welcomes current police officers to join the state's largest department. Make a difference on the streets, working in your community, in a career with competitive salaries and generous benefits. Go to MinneapolisMN.gov and search police jobs to find out more. You started your business with an idea and a plan for the future. A plan that got you off to a great start. But now you see new opportunities as well as new challenges. Work with a banker who understands your business goals and knows how to help you reach them. Work with Bremer Bank because understanding is everything.
1: Put us to work for you today at bremer.com.